LA Kings single game playoff tickets are available now as your Kings take on the Edmonton Oilers in round one. Head to lakings.com slash playoffs to get your tickets today. LA Kings playoffs are presented by Toyota, Yamava Resort and Casino at San Manuel and Jameson. You're listening to an LA Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit lakings.com slash podcast. Shot uh, from Deneau. Now Arvidsson for Dowdy to Arvidsson left circle. Moving down low. Feeds it across. Shot. Score! Kopitar tips it in. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. In overtime on a power play to Kopitar. To Dowdy in the middle. To Kopitar left circle to the goal line. Arvidsson centers. Score! Alex Ayafalo wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Your LA Kings went into Edmonton in Game 1 and absolutely robbed the Edmonton Oilers. They stole Game 1 of this series just like they stole Game 1 last year. I recorded this episode last night right after the game, and I couldn't think of anybody better to help me laugh right in Edmonton's oily face than the Royal half. We will have a Game 2 preview podcast available Tuesday morning, and we'll just keep cranking out post-game and preview pods as long as I can physically keep recording and editing them. Let's hope they all go as well as this one. Go Kings go. Joining me now to talk about just an absolute theft of a hockey game. Just a savage breaking and entering Uh unbelievable hockey game my best hockey buddy the royal half how are you doing tonight the half oh man i love winning it's so much better <laughs> than losing no the half uh for those of the fans who are listening who don't know and there are a lot of them and and it hurts my feelings uh i know i should get over it but i can't there was a time when you were on the bleeding edge of internet trolling and I like to think that me and Indiana Matt and Jersey Brian and the rest of Team TRH were right there with you. And when I see fan bases having some success and then their fans get a little bit chesty and people go, oh, I don't like those fans. They're too arrogant. I just laugh and I think if it's Vegas, it's one thing because they right, they didn't have decades of failure. Right. But when it's a fan base like the Blues – or if Edmonton were to someday actually live up to the hype that they keep crowing about the 80s. I just think about how you and I and our friends behaved in the period from 2000, the summer of 2012 till about the summer of 2016. And we were insufferable. And God, does it feel good to have an opportunity to do it again. I mean, it's like crazy. No one slugged us in the face, to be honest. Like... <laughs> It kind it's, of like, is. it's like on, and it's funny you mentioned that because i was just like look i love i love regular season hockey like like the best of us man when that playoff hockey high kicks in and you're searching uh negative things about the la kings and you come across <laughs> some tweets like i found tonight it's just like it's just it's like it's just like a high that you you never experience like like tr- like being a professional troll, it's like if there was any way to earn money off of it, like I'd still be doing it. <laughs> so the reason we're both so giddy, I think, is that coming into tonight's game, we're recording this at 11 o'clock following the overtime yeah, win. Minnesota the just LA won. Kings. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's how late um, that's how late we're up right now. <laughs> is that everybody picked Edmonton to win this series. And to be clear, the series is only one game deep. But Everybody thinks Connor McDavid is the most amazing player in the last 30 years. Everybody, the rhetoric is, oh, the Edmonton Oilers are an unstoppable force. They're, you know, Craig Button picked him to win the cup. A couple other people, I think Frank Saravalli have them to win the cup. And then the first two periods were just dismal. So it's not even just that the Kings won. It's that they won a game that they absolutely should have lost. <laughs> Should they have though? Should they have lost that game? I think so. I think I, so. <laughs> I I think what we saw tonight from the Los Angeles Kings was excellent coaching, excellent adjustment <laughs> to the play. Look, they for You're the not wrong. for the first half of that game, I mean, it was not looking good, my friend. And it was they, not. They they moved some lines around. They played their game and. Lo and behold, somewhere in the mid third period, they started out shooting. The, the Oilers, right? I mean, they had totally turned it around. So I ask you, were they supposed to lose that game, Jesse Cohen? Were they? Yeah, yeah, they were. Okay, yeah. No, they, <laughs> and were. I don't... they were. No, they totally were. <laughs> but I mean, look, like, shut down McDavid and the world is your opportunity. And, you know, I think we were reminded of the mastery of Phil Deneau, uh, when it comes to being a defensive shutdown center. I mean, and, and not just, John, just to know, but Mikey Anders, I mean, everywhere you looked, Gavrikov, uh, Dowdy, they just were able after that first period to, to keep McDavid to the outside. And that's, that's how you're going to shut him down. Don't let him run through you, uh, all, uh, uh, Mario Lemieux statue where he's going through three guys and, and once to, through the slot to try to score. You're never going to beat the Oilers if, if you allow that to happen. Part of the reason that I was confident going into this series, and to be clear, I have picked the Kings in six. Oh, you've been very clear about that. Well, privately, you, not publicly. You, oh, okay, whoops. <laughs> no, it's fine. Because I wanted to wait for the series to start. A Kingsmen podcast exclusive. <laughs> but part of the reason I have been saying Kings in six privately in our little group of uh, hockey Of hockey trolls. trolls. Yeah, you can say yeah. it. <laughs> No, it's because I'm not scared of anybody not named Connor McDavid. And Dread side a little bit. Uh, maybe Leon. Well, I'm I'm concerned. I'm not about Leon I'll Dreisaitl. tell you who I'm, I'm not, not scared, scared by. A grown man named Stewart. That's what I'm not scared by. Well, yeah, and his and his mustache. <laughs> um but no, Matthias Ekholm is a very good player. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a very good player. Like I could go down the Edmonton Oilers roster and say these are all very right. good players. But if Connor McDavid is is taken out of a game. Yeah. What zero points minus two tonight? I don't trust the rest of the Edmonton Oilers roster to beat anybody else. I agree, and, and I think you saw that tonight. And they, they, this is a talented team. Bouchard is. A, I, I don't think I realized how talented that guy is during the season. I mean, mm -hmm. he really. They have a, a much improved defense than we've seen, and I, it was. I listened to your podcast this morning, and and to hear the stats of well or what is it, Monday morning, um, to hear the stats of how better the Edmonton Oilers defense is than we make than we make fun of it for was a little was a little eye opening and scary to me. But but if you can get Connor off of his game and get into his head and and 
make it publicly known how the Edmonton Oilers have wasted eight years of this guy's <laughs> career of the best player in the NHL the last 30 years. I just, to me, like that is Nirvana for the rest of the series that they can just get inside the Oilers heads. Um, and especially McDavid. Cause he's going to do something dumb. He's going to do something dumb eventually. If, the, if, if, if he's got players draped over him, like they, like he had tonight. So, uh, and just to be clear, when I say dumb, I mean either a penalty or he'll score like six goals in a game, like like crazy <laughs> dumb, like that, you know. But he is the I mean, he is the kind of player who is. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's not the best player in the league today. Well, he you know, Matthew Kachuk had a pretty good season. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, listen, he's incredible, and you're not going to hold him off the scoreboard every game in the playoffs. But I still, even last year when he was right tearing a hole through Calgary and L.A. and then ultimately losing to Colorado, I, I realized the danger in saying something like this because it's you know then game two he scores eighteen goals and the why you know, say it the why say it Jesse <laughs> well let us I, let us I ride just, this high fair enough <laughs> don't say it the Kings the Kings I just I still just have yet to see him. Drag the rest of his team along with him. Yeah. And that's the difference between a guy who's, you know, an incredible singular talent mm -hmm. and a guy who's a Conn Smythe trophy winner. Um, you know, we used to talk about Justin Williams and how his play was infectious. And I'm never going to tell you that Justin Williams was a better player than Connor McDavid. But Justin Williams could turn, you know, his line mates into much better players. And Connor McDavid is just insanely very, I mean, he's just, he's a, he's a he's, singular, he's he's a so singular talent. Like he is a, yeah. a singular talent. That's at least in our generation. I mean, the, the, the stuff he's done this season, um, especially with the way the league has been over the last 10, 15 years is, is unbelievable, but you're right. It's an individual effort. And, I know he challenged the narrative is, oh, I, you know, he challenged himself to score 60 goals this year and he scored 60 goals and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, you, you have to, uh, what's that, what's that saying? Uh, high tide raises all boats. Yeah. Is, is that it? Like you got to raise all the other players up on your team in, in the same way that like a, a Victor Arvidsson does, you know, for the LA Kings. <laughs> the best playmaker on the team. <laughs> can we talk about that pass for a second? I don't yeah, know if you have yeah, we can. But, okay, like, actually, you know what? Am I allowed I to want say, to save it for, what's that? I was going to say, I want to save it for later because okay. we're going to get to play the game player of the game, okay. and that's going to feature on my list. I don't know about you. Um, but, all, but of we it, can all of it was the play of the game. Every single goal was the play of the game. But, I mean, so you mentioned the podcast we did, the series preview, and Eddie Gross came on and talked about how the Kings are better suited for comebacks with the team they have and the way they play, and we saw it tonight, right? Like, Adrian That's what Kempe. I mean. That's what I mean. As, as much as I – in the playoffs, you go into that muscle memory and you're just like, oh my God, the Kings are never going to score this entire series. They're going to get set <laughs> right. out by something called Stuart Skinner. And it's just like, <laughs> you're, you're just, and, and then in the back of your head, you're like, well, they do, you know, they did this during the season and they like, you've got the DNA from the old guard as well. And you're like, well, maybe they, okay, they get one. All right. Maybe they can pull it. Well, oh, oh, three to one. And then you're just like, okay, as soon as they score the second goal, I'm like, all right, they're doing this. Like, I really, and that was a legit 
penalty at the end of the game, as much as the Edmonton Oilers fans want to cry foul, like even Jason Greger and some of the more esteemed Edmonton Oilers, like a uh, blogosphere that it was a legit penalty. But as soon as that, I was like, they're going to score. They're going to score. I would have loved a little bit more than five seconds left, but like I knew that <laughs> they were going to score. <laughs> See, I was not at all confident. At the end of the second period, I, I watched the game in the Kings offices here in El Segundo with a bunch of uh, other Kings employees. All of us were involved in the sort of marketing social media arm of it and sort of live, you know, monitoring all the stuff that has to happen during the game. And during the second intermission, I was very vocal about the fact that I thought that the Kings were going to get shut out. And I did not think that they were going to score a goal. And there was at least one other person watching the game with me who agreed. And we were both like, yeah, yeah, this is not going to happen. This is they're They're not following all the scouting reports we heard, which is that Stuart Skinner is very good down low and in tight. And so you've got to try and beat him from distance, getting him, you know, moving side to side. And I see them, Kopitar trying to do the wraparound and they're trying to do, you know, passes across the, the goal mouth. And he's stopping all of it. And I was just thinking they they didn't read their scouting report and this they're going to get shut out. And that's fine because it's a seven game series. And I did. I expected them to come home 0-2, even though I was picking them to win in six. I still thought, all right, they'll just lose the first two games like they did to St. Louis back in was it 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. They lost the first two games and then won four in a row. And I just thought, all right, that's the price of doing business. And in a game where Edmonton was giving them all they could handle, it's still only 2 to nothing at that point. It wasn't 8-2 to two or 6 to nothing like it was last year. And I thought, okay, moral victory. And then when Kempe scored to make it two to one, I had a moment of, oh my God, are they gonna are they gonna get another one and somehow make this a game? And then Edmonton scored and I was like, all right, no, they're not. It's three to one. This is But goddamn it, they have if they didn't do it. Hashtag believe, man. Hashtag Rally Valley Sports TV screensaver, man. <laughs> That's right. That that might become the Justin Williams uh, lock, the screen lock screen of the, yeah. the twenty three playoff season. Is the Valley's uh, TV I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, screensaver? I, I mean, I just. Oh man, that was fun. That was so fun. Yeah, and it I, really and, was. And look, we start off this podcast by reminiscing a little bit for people who have no idea who who we are, Team THR. I was basically like a hockey influencer before there was influencers. Like, let's just be real. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we used to get together and and watch these games and, and multiple games. And like, I just, I'm much older now. And I just sat in my den by myself and just stared at the screen and just sat <laughs> quiet and just leapt up and screamed. And it just was so good. Um, but now I'm ready to watch it with friends. Now I'm ready to watch. I, I needed to get that first game out of my system of just like intense, like doubt and anger and, and elation. And now I'm ready to watch it in a group setting, I think. So no disrespect to all of the people I work with who are most of them delightful human beings and wonderful team of boys. But I work with a bunch of children, um, <clears throat> from my perspective. And I sort of warned everybody, like, I'm not sure if me watching the game, here at work <laughs> is the best idea because I'm not exactly pleasant to be around when the no, game. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I just I thought that was the end of the sentence. Like, there's more to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, when it's you know three to one in the third period, everybody's sort of looking at me, going like, "You're in a much better mood than I thought you would be." And I was like, "Yeah, well, I never, I never expected them to win." <laughs> and then the fact that, like I said, they stormed into Canada and stole game one. 
stole it. I mean, stole just it. Absolutely robbed. I it mean, just right. like to, 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 I, I had non Kings fans, but who are hockey fans texting me. They stole that game. Like there's, there's nobody with as much kind of accolades and, and, you know, the Kings got a little bit of, of due in the last 24 hours on, you know, sports net and some major like podcasts and stuff like that. But I don't think anyone expected this, especially with the, the wagon of a, of a month that the Oilers have had, you know, coming into this game. And you know, this is the first game since March 9th that Connor McDavid hasn't got a point in. I mean, like that's over a month. I didn't know that, that's but that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but it just goes. <coughs> whoa, whoa! Take it easy. Woo! <laughs> it's a big stat. I know. Over the last, over the last couple of years, we've had uh, Jim Fox on a number of different platforms, and the one thing that he said a couple times is that when he played on the LA Kings team that had the Triple Crown line, one of the reasons he felt that they didn't have much success in the postseason was that because the triple crown line was so competent and so mm. dominant and so competitive that the supporting players on that Kings team never got a chance, for example, the second unit on the power play, never got a chance to learn how to gel or compete in tight situations or or how to win because Dave Taylor, Marcel Dion, and uh, I'm blanking on the last guy, Charlie Simmer, would just go out there and score a goal every time. And when they'd get to the playoffs, obviously you couldn't stop the triple crown line, but you could limit their effectiveness. And then when it came time for the Kings depth players to step up and win, they didn't know how. And I'm reminded of that anecdote when you tell me that it's been since March 9th that Connor McDavid hasn't scored. And you go, right. If Connor McDavid's not getting you the game winning goal, does Warren Fogle know how to get you the game winning goal? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea if he does or doesn't. Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup, and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25. Here's to the winning combination for 2023. The LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at getjackblack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. Let's talk about play of the game, player of the game, so we can get into some details here. And I'm going to break the rules here and give you multiple options if you want them instead of one play of the game and one player of the game, because I'm going to take multiples. Um, so let's start with play of the plays of the game. Am I allowed to say cojones on this podcast? You yes, you can. The cojones on Victor Arvidsson <laughs> to do the alley oop cross yeah. ice pass. Yeah. To 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 have the shot that Kopitar puts in. I mean, Arvidsson just he my only worry was that he was on the ice too much because he, there was that one shift where he got hit by four separate pucks, I think, on the on the shift. But I mean, to me. So many players played well tonight. Byfield, um, Anderson. I mean, Kempe, I don't know how many hits did he take in the first half of the game, you know, before he scored his goal. But Arvidsson was just a man on a mission tonight. And to me, that, that to have the wherewithal and the confidence in yourself to make that kind of a pass when the game is literally on the line, like that's, that's the play of the game for me. 
I think that's clearly the offensive play of the game. I want to highlight two defensive plays. One was Mikey Anderson, even though it preceded a, a power play goal and was done after a penalty had already been taken. But when Drew Doughty took that penalty, and then a few seconds later, Mikey Anderson took one, as Connor McDavid was coming down the wing after Drew Doughty hooked him, and Mikey Anderson made that play to stop him at the line, great play. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, five seconds later, Mike Anderson took a penalty on Connor McDavid while killing a penalty. And then the Oilers scored five on three, but that was a great play. And then Gavrikov had a, at least two or three well, stick checks. Well, the, the one that led to the Kempe goal. That, yes, to me, exactly. that was like, because I, I was, I, I wasn't completely finished marveling at the defensive play that right. was made. And then I was like, Oh, and they scored a goal off of that play. But I, you know, look, we, we, we've talked off podcast about him since he's he's come and it's just to have a player like Gavrikov come into the system and just excel so naturally and so effortlessly and you look up and he's wrapped around someone right he's the octopus I think you told me that Mm -hmm. you you look another time up and he's behind the goal with the puck on the offense I mean it's just a pleasure to to watch that guy and and to to have a top four of shutdown defense that you just, especially against this team that has the ability to score multiple lines. It's just really changed the dynamic of this team from, I mean, there's a lot of things that have changed between obviously this team this year and, and last year against the Oilers, but even this team and and three months ago in the season. I actually had Gavrikov down to score the first goal of the game. Yeah. I could have seen that. Not- He's just that kind of a bonkers. Do they have cell player, service right? in, in Edmonton? No, can he do that? Like it's pretty backwards <laughs> there, right? They probably have like three G. I, I think you can take a, a, a segue into town and, uh, and use a payphone. Uh, <laughs> probably use rotary phones about... in Edmonton. There's some backwoods up there. Let's talk about players of the game because I'm. Gonna oh, this is starting to turn into the the best picture award for the for the Academy Awards. Yeah. We're going to nominate ten best ten. plays. Of the <laughs> yeah, <game>. Absolutely. <laughs> But I, I, it would be very easy to point to Adrian Kempe with two goals. It Great, would it would be easy. easy. To, Good, done. Ready? Let's talk. About <laughs> it would be very easy to point to Anshay Kopitar with four points. You might say Kempe had two goals. I prefer saying he's had five goals in two games. That's what I would say. Fair enough. I actually wanted to know when the last time, if it's ever happened, a player scored a hat trick in the final game of the regular season and in the first game right, of the playoffs. Right. Didn't get a talk, talking about bookending hat tricks, like yeah, that'd be amazing, unbelievable. But Corpusalo. Um, oh man, I can't believe we made it. How far are we into this recording? And we haven't talked about Jonas Corpusalo. 20, 20 minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like we've failed the Kings fans without talking about yeah. Corpusalo. Uh, I have assumed that he would be the starter for a while now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously it's a lot of fun. I'm not sure why, but it seems to be a lot of fun for local media to ask Todd McClellan who's going to be the starting goaltender and then get told, I'm not telling you. <laughs> And then they ask anyway, and he tells them, and then everybody, you know, oh, why won't you tell us? Blah, blah. And then meanwhile, I'm just sitting back there going, like, it's going to be Corpusalo. Um, I'm reminded of one of my favorite Bob Dylan phrases. You don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Um, but he came in, and even when they were down 3-1, to one, I thought it was an impressive effort from him. If 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 in some alternate universe the Kings lose that game 3-1 or 4-1 on an empty net goal – it's not Corpusalo's fault. I mean, that not like the the fact that he kept it from being five nothing, and that in the first period and a half of the game, 
it's so it's just so funny like i'm just he's such a his big like he's such a michelin man like his his pads are so big but he's so nimble like you know a lot of times when you have those goalies with the big pads they just kind of take up space but he's just so um yeah like nimble and even you know like that that was the first or the second goal when there was four kings defensemen standing around and unable to clear you know again like this this could have easily gone the other way um early on but without corpusalo in this game i i mean i would have been interested to see what copley did but i i I think it's an entirely different game entirely different outcome that we're talking about and we stopped 37 of 40 um it was the third goal that was the scramble in front of the net that dry scored with four kings staring straight at the puck the bouchard goal was a five on three with Dursey screening him and the first one, I honestly, I don't even remember. It's dry sidle, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. You're not going to get a shutout every game. Um, but the th- the thing I find fascinating about Corpusalo is <clears throat> even in the game that he got a shutout in, I don't think there's ever been a game where I've looked at him the way I used to look at peak Jonathan Quick, mm-hmm. where I was like, holy smokes, nobody's getting one past him tonight. But at the end of every game, you look at the stats and it's like, oh, yeah, he stopped – just, more shots, just, just more has, shots than anyone else. Just has to stop one less, right? That's yeah. all he's got to do. Is just has to stop one less. So I thought he was the player of the game. But like we said, Adrian Kempe, obviously a hell of a game. Andre Kopitar with four points. You want to talk about uh, Byfield at all? <clears throat> I would love to. I like talking about Byfield. Uh, but he, does, he doesn't make your list of 10 best players in the game. No, well, <laughs> 10? I don't know. It's, 20 guys on the team. No, but I I still believe that Byfield, until something fundamentally changes with the way the world operates, I will look at Byfield this way. Everybody who likes him and doesn't like him is saying the exact same thing. They're just changing the order of the sentence. So people that don't like Byfield will say, yeah, he makes all these great board battles. Yeah, he's improving. Yeah, the line he's on is having a lot of success. But he doesn't score any goals. And the people who do like him will say, well, he doesn't score any goals, but he's winning board battles. He's doing all these in the line. You're just changing the order of the sentence and the inflection on it. But everybody's saying the same thing about him, which is that he's playing great. Do you know what I say about him? I do not. He's got more playoff points than Tim Stutzel. That's what (laughs) I say about him. Yes, he does. (laughs) And that's... I don't know if you've tweeted that or not yet. <laughs> I know. I read it on someone else's tweets. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Sam Raycraft uh, at yeah. S. Raycraft once. Well, he's 100% right. Um, <laughs> he's 100% right. I find I find that conversation to be completely boring and annoying. I don't care. I don't care about Tim Schnessler, and I never need to hear his name again. Couldn't agree more. Sounds too foreign to me. So yeah, sorry. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, what are we looking for in game two? Oh, man. More of the same. Just more of the same. (laughs) I mean, look, we're looking for the Kings to not... That's that's the thing. They're the Kings. They're not going to get too big for their britches. They're not going to, like... Heads aren't going to swell because of (laughs) an overtime victory that they clawed back. um, Shutting down. I think, like you said earlier in the podcast, the key is going to be just tackling Connor, just just being on him like they used to shadow Gretzky when we would watch the Kings, you know, like there was always somebody just on him. Um and then, you know, hope hope that the Kings offense can 
keep finding ways to to scratch and claw goals and hopefully we get some players in off injury that can help with the bottom six scoring and just more of the same is what I want. I don't, I'm I'm not I'm not looking for them to change anything radically. What about you? Not radically. Like the conversation before the game was stay out of the penalty box because the yes. Oilers have an unbelievable hit. They took three penalties. Yes. Three penalties not excessive. Edmondson scored on one of them. That's the rate that they score it on in the regular season, 30% or something like that. So, okay, fine. The Kings got six power plays, and even though they struggled early, they scored on two of them. So that's 30% for the Kings power play. So tough to argue there. I would, I guess if I would make one change uh, or would like to see something different, I would like to see the Kings score first. Yeah. And rather than chasing the game, mm-hmm. let Edmonton frustrate themselves. Because now that they've stolen game one, and to be clear, <clears throat> they absolutely stole game one and Edmonton should be all up in their heads and their feelings about it. And Oilers fans should, your music's bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> they should feel bad. <laughs> I, said, I can't, I can't even, but they should feel very, very bad. Um, and they should spend the next 48 hours feeling bad, but they have a, as good a chance to come home up. Oh, to uh, two Oh, Oh my gosh. As they do one, one. And if they came back up to nothing, Jeez, I mean, I can't even the the think pieces that would be written by Mark Spector if the Kings leave <laughs> Edmonton up to nothing. It just would be, uh, it would just be such a delight. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think all of us Kings fans, look, I I tweeted drop for Dallas. You know, like all of us Kings fans were trying to figure out what who we wanted to face in the first round. But you know what? Tame the beast. Tame the beast in the first round. Go against. The, the, the best team in the Western Conference, at least by what the West, by what the East Coast says is the best team in the Western Conference and just get it over with. And, and whether you win in five or take it to seven, just, just get through it. And I'm, I'm so happy. I'm saying this now after, you know, less than an hour removed from one of the most exciting games I've watched <laughs> to be like, yeah, give me more of the same. Now if the Kings can blow it out eight nothing next game. I think I might change my tune and be like, oh, maybe we're going to beat Dallas, you know, <laughs> Minnesota did. <laughs> but I mean, this is a game where the Kings had everything going against them, right? It's on the yep. road. Edmonton gets last change. Edmonton has their full complement of players. The Kings don't have Fiala and Velarde. You know, they have to be in Edmonton, stupid. which is <clears> right, to, that's know. right. They have to travel to Edmonton, and they still and again they were up. They were Edmonton was up three to one and heading into the third period. Or uh, <clears throat> no, they were up two to nothing. Yeah. Excuse me, two to nothing, heading into the third period. Man, the Kings stole this game. They just <laughs> Edmonton snatched victory uh, or snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory. That's right. They reversed that old expression. All right, the half. Uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? I mean, it just feels so good to be back. It feels so good to be retweeting Edmonton fans. It feels so good <laughs> to be interacting with Kings fans. It just, it just the the thrill. And you can say this because you're still a fan, partially. Just the the <laughs> thrill of just screaming. Whether you're at the watch party, whether you're at home, whether you're at a bar watching the game, whether you blew up Edmonton like one of those guys in the Kings jerseys did, like just the the exhilaration that comes from like winning a game in overtime with the playoffs on the road is just like there's no there's no better feeling. Like there's no better feeling, and I'm just so excited that we get that opportunity at least 
four more times now. I do actually want to pay a little bit more praise to uh, Kopitar, Arvidsson, and I follow for that overtime goal. We didn't even talk about the overtime goal. Oh, right. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, Did you see what Ayapalo said in the post game? No. He, he said he knew the minute he shot it, it was in. He said, I just nice. I fired it like a cannon. Like, he knew it was a goal. But in that, so they take six power plays and up until the last, whatever, five seconds of the game, they haven't scored on a power play. And again, I'm thinking they're going to lose three to one, but it's okay because it's on a night that the power play wasn't clicking. They didn't have the last change. They held them pretty close and blah, 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 blah. And then that last power play goal was about as pretty a power play goal as you'll see scored. Yeah, it really was. Like it just was, it was every, and that's the thing. I think I, I shared this with you, but there was some, I don't know if he's a Kings blogger or what, but somebody at the start of the season in October had said, mm-hmm. I've got, I've got a, a hot take. Kings are going to finish top five power play this season. And I mean, that's a pretty hot take. It's pretty spicy. Like, let's be real. The last 20 years, the Kings Maybe have longer. never had a competent, <clears throat> not a, I don't want to say competent, but a consistently um, deadly power play. And, and, the way they were passing it around and just the the control, it just was, yeah, it was, it was, again, you, you're like, yeah, they're, they're going to win. They're going to win. Like, they're going to score a goal here. When Edmonton scored off the high stick in overtime, <laughs> did you, I did not think, I just thought it was a goal. And I was like, oh, I, 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 I only, I guess I thought it was a goal, but because on the, the, the camera you saw drew dowdy immediately raising I was right. like, okay so maybe there's like a chance and then when i saw the first replay i was like oh it's a goal and oh then, see the second i saw the first yeah, replay, i was and like then no, it wasn't no way I saw no the chance second replay that i saw yeah. that the, the player in front had did it but did i miss something with the confetti did confetti come down from, yeah. from the ceiling after that yep <laughs> they released their streamers yep <laughs> Oh, Edmonton. Act like you've been there before. Come on. <laughs> I'm not sure that anybody in Edmonton was alive the last time they were there. I think everybody that was there back then moved away. I mean, a just city. Edmonton is your typical Gen Zer. They just think the 80s is so much cooler <laughs> than everything else. And they just don't, they never lived through it. So they just don't know. They just don't know. Well, <laughs> words, words to go out on the half. Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure, Jesse. And uh, you'll be joining me again Wednesday night after game two. You bet your sweet king's butt I will. (laughs) You're going to say my sweet (laughs) pippy. All right. Thanks, (laughs) Nav.